Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, what about the education system here in Northern Ireland? More than 500, 500, actually 540 primary school principals have indeed told the head of the Northern Ireland Civil Service that they feel children are suffering due to the lack of a government here in this part of the world. It is a, you know, it's a pretty hard-hitting letter. It was drawn up by Graham Galt, the principal at McGabry Primary School. Uh, Graham, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Graham, it's a very detailed letter, and uh, it's, there's a lot of signatures on it. There's, well, when I say it's a detailed letter, it's a hard-hitting letter. It's two A4 pages, and it's a, it, you know, it's well and truly uh, signed by teachers from. May I ask, across all communities, uh, or, or, yeah. or, or or not? Like for instance, I'm I'm just flicking through, you know, ten, twenty, thirty. Yeah, see some Gale schools and nice schools in there, Irish-speaking schools and whatever. So um, they they're prepared to they're prepared to criticise the the politicians, considering that you know one of the stumbling blocks for the government is the whole issue of the Irish language. Sorry, sorry, Frank. I actually just lost you there for a moment, so I'm not sure if you asked me a question or not. You're okay. Um, You're okay, Graham. I was, the, I was, I was, leaf- I was actually leafing through all the primary school teachers who have signed yes. it, and I just wanted to double check if the Irish-speaking medium schools were on board with you, because one of the principal Absolutely. reasons why we have no government is the rights for Irish language speakers. Uh, so, are, are they not confused then in their in their thought process? Uh, they they want a, they want a government and. Uh, but the, one of the main stumbling blocks is the Irish Language Act. Yeah, well, you're right that um, schools from all across uh, the six counties here in Northern Ireland have uh, signed up to this letter. There are actually 547 principals representing almost 130,000 of our nursery and primary children. Uh, and yes, they are principals from every sector uh, that we have here, including Irish medium. I'll not answer your question from an Irish medium principal's point of view because uh, the letter that we've written here is really just asking our uh, our politicians to prioritise our children, to prioritise their needs. regardless of context, all of our children here, right across this place, are suffering because of the failure of government uh, for whatever reason. And our most vulnerable children are paying the price for it. I also outlined in the letter, uh, Frank, that our teaching practitioners and our school principals are paying a very heavy price as well. Uh, 
I'm, I'm not sure if you know this, um, just in around November of last year, we conducted a survey of 320 primary and nursery principals, and about 93% of them expressed real serious concern about their mental and emotional well-being. Uh, and a lot of that is put down to the context that we're in at the moment. It's interesting, one of the actual paragraphs, and I can I can fully understand this because I have a lot of my peer group are, are teachers, and I, I talk to teachers mm. quite a bit, especially teachers of a mature age. And one of your paragraphs uh, is as follows. Our school leaders are crying out for help, exasperated by the lack of governance, and with significantly increasing levels of stress and anxiety. Our teaching community is also on its knees, with our teachers carrying out terrible levels of stress and increasingly excessive and unreasonable workloads. Our teachers carrying terrible levels of stress and increasingly excessive and unreasonable workloads. Th- th- that's yeah. what I hear from so many people in, in the profession. Do you, do you think the politicians, the, those who could be providing us with the government that we deserve, really give a hoot about teachers? Do you know, Frank, I think that our individual local councillors, MLAs and our MPs, indeed, uh, I think they all care. They do all care about their communities and they all, they all care about the families represented in their communities. Uh, and on ground level, I know that many MLAs are very, very helpful to individual schools and to the children within those schools. However, our executive has failed. With, we've had now over two years without politicians and the letter says that our principals have been crying out and without proper political representation in Belfast and indeed without proper political representation over in Westminster through a Secretary of State, uh, we're just crying out into an empty room. There, there are people to hear us but there is no one with the capacity to present any reasonable solutions for our children. How difficult is it at the chalk face? How, how difficult is it for you running a school, for the other head teachers running schools, for the teachers on the ground to ensure that the children get a proper education? Where, where does this manifest itself in the daily routine of despair? Well... <laughs> Oh, where do you even begin to answer that question? It, it is the front line that is paying the price most heavily, and that is having a direct impact on our children. It's in the classrooms. It's in the schools. Um, we had some confidence in supply money dropped into education, but not a penny of that money made its way into the delegated budgets of schools. Um, teachers are on their knees, uh, and they're on their knees because, particularly in nursery and primary Because over the past nine years or so, we've lost £237 million out of education. And at the same time, enrolment numbers have gone up in the schools, in primary schools, significantly. At the same time, uh, schools are having to make, in many cases, redundancies or cut learning support, particularly for the most vulnerable children. At the same time, the range of special educational needs and complex learning needs that schools are dealing with has increased. And at the same time, the expectations from uh, the Education Authority and the Department of Education and indeed from the Education Training Inspectorate have risen as well. The context that schools are functioning in now is like nothing seen before. And the letter says that we are in a crisis. We're well in that crisis now. 
It is a crisis. There's no question of that. Mm. But your signatories, 500 and whatever number, 47 yeah. of them, yeah. will all be voters as well. They may or may not turn out to the polls. Some of them will be standing shoulder to shoulder with Sinn Féin. Some of them will be standing shoulder to shoulder with the DUP. Some of them will go out and vote for... There, there'll be a percentage mm. of them. There'll be... I don't know how, what the percentage breakdown is. It's, it's something like, you know, 20... 5 to 30% of people on this will have will have voted for either Sinn Féin or, or, or the DUP. And mm-hmm. constantly we hear people say, oh, it's Sinn Féin's fault. No, it's the DUP's fault. Well, it's the collective responsibility of those two parties. They're the only parties who can re-establish the executive. So mm-hmm. how can people sign the letter, be so critical of primarily those two parties, and yet and all go out and vote for them? Because they, they, stats say that a, quite a percentage of those teachers will vote for those two parties. Yeah, absolutely. You're quite right. Um, and again, I'm not, I'm not in a position to speak on any individual's uh, voting habits. Um, but the, the uh, reality is that we are all working within local areas and uh, certainly the MLAs and MPs around the area that I work have been very helpful to my school and to my children at a local level and I imagine that's the same right across uh, right across Northern Ireland. Um, the difficulty that's presented in this letter however is not at a local level it's at a, at a national level and the letter is appealing to our politicians to negotiate effectively and to prioritise our children. So, um, I mean, we as school practitioners are very used to uh, working through all sorts of mediation with our children. And if our children can do it, uh, we expect our politicians to do it as well. Nobody is saying that the issues that they're dealing with aren't difficult and aren't complex. They most certainly are. But this letter asks uh, Mr. Sterling, who, by the way, we're very grateful to for taking on the... (laughs) the role of negotiating a programme for, for government with the working group. We're asking Mr Sterling uh, to encourage our politicians to look to the future. Uh, certainly all of the rights issues and so on need to be discussed and need to have adequate outcomes uh, for everyone here. But our children, um, particularly our most vulnerable children, and how we as a society look upon the importance of our children and their growth and development, that must be central uh, and front of stage for any political movement going forward. There is some damning line, that particular line there in this country. We do not prioritise the learning and development of our children at government level. That is unfortunately true. That is damning because our greatest resource obviously is our developing children. It's, it's, it, it's the greatest gift we have, the children coming through to, to look after us when we get older. And we have a government, according to the signatories of this letter, a government that does not prioritise the learning and development of our children. They must hold, yes, their, heads, they must hold their heads in shame listening to this. Well, I hope so. Uh, and the signatories of this letter hope so. Um, it's our it's our opinion that uh, all of the research shows that investment in early years in particular has the greatest uh, potential outcomes in the future. 
So we're all school practitioners. We're all teachers and leaders of learning in our schools and we know our children and we love our children. And all of the signatories to that letter are as despondent as I am sometimes when we're down on our hands and knees with the children, looking at them and thinking uh, about how much has been taken away from them, despite the fact that every measure of attainment shows investment, particularly in early years, is so central to those children's development. We're despondent, Frank. It's just, no, nobody in that letter wants to be in the public eye. I certainly don't want to be having conversations like this. It's difficult and challenging, but we're speaking out on behalf of our children who we love and who we see are being cheated. Um, I said earlier this morning uh, that in the, in the past nine years, um, we have lost £237 million. So our children here currently in year seven uh, were just looking at their nursery career whenever that money started to be removed from their system. And they've gone through their entire primary education now with money being taken out, taken out and taken out, and more and more being asked of the, of the people in their schools. And they have paid the price, most certainly. Um, and that's despite... Your, your friends, my friends, my colleagues uh, who are working in schools as teachers and classroom assistants and so on, who have worked so hard at great expense to themselves to give the children every opportunity, despite the fact that our government has taken £237 million away from our children. Are the school heads who signed this letter prepared to listen to suggestions that would herald change in the future if a, an executive was re-established? For example, would they be prepared to listen to the idea of school closures or school amalgamations to save money? Well, every no one is under any illusion that the education system and distribution of schools and so on that we have here uh, is really questionable. There's nobody in the right mind would sit down with a blank piece of paper and design such a fragmented system and such a segregated system as we have in this place. Uh, but we have to work with what we have. And there are indeed many small schools, uh, to which you're probably alluding there, um, who uh, are, are dealing with particular rural contexts in their, in their localities um, and particular sets of needs. And there's no principal who wouldn't be open to the fact that the education authority does need to look at the wider school estate. But what we're prioritising in this letter is the needs of our children, and that's the needs of our children in every school, in the small schools and large schools, in schools in very disadvantaged areas, in schools in less disadvantaged areas. All of our children are losing out now. Uh, and what we need immediately before any long-term strategy happens is an uplift in money direct to the schools directly allocated to every single child in Northern Ireland. And it needs to happen, Frank, today, yesterday. It has to happen immediately. There's no more give. It has to happen. It's not signed by every head teacher of every primary school. That's pretty evident. Hmm. Yeah, but uh, Frank, have you ever heard of 547 school principals agreeing about anything? 
why why <laughs> did some why many. did some of them not sign it because I'm, I'm lucky enough to know the names of so many schools and that's linked to maybe yeah. knowing uh, people who've worked in the education system and also because I, I studied to be a teacher all those years ago and I even recognize many of the head teachers names who ha- who have signed it but mm. I, I could mm-hmm. name schools in many towns and uh, many uh, cities and I, I'm, I'm glancing alphabetically at these and I, I see a significant number of primary schools that I'm aware of where the head teacher hasn't, hasn't signed it. Did you approach everyone and some objected to it or did they just not get round to signing it? Well, uh, uh, this particular letter, um, we just used the group in the Strategic Principles Forum. There are 547 of us. So this wasn't opened up uh, much further than that on this occasion. But I can tell you that it's actually... Well, well, first of all, Frank, um, to have 547 principles agreeing on the principles outlined in that letter is unprecedented. And actually, especially across every sector and every geographical region we have, uh, it's unprecedented in itself uh, and demonstrates just how widespread and universal the difficulties we're experiencing now are. Um, but I can tell you it's actually quite difficult to speak out as a as a head teacher in a school. Um, for me personally, it's it's just so risky. Uh, I by saying that I'm struggling to make ends meet for my children in my school, uh, I'm making myself vulnerable before the parent body in my village of Macabre, before my staff, uh, and I'm making my I'm, I'm putting my own school's name into the headlines. And it's actually very difficult to do that. Uh, and I have the greatest of respect for the 546 other principals who have put their names in that letter because we're all in the same boat. Uh, so there are many principals who are maybe reluctant just at the present time to do that. Um, there, there are still some schools, uh, a minority of schools now, where their financial situation hasn't just become as extreme as uh, many of the people in that letter. But that's just around the corner and... Um, we have, we're facing a situation now where the three-year financial plans that schools are putting together, at least 50% of those now are showing that schools are already in deficit situations. Some are in huge deficit situations. Within three years, the vast majority of primary schools we have are going to be in deficit situations. And I imagine by that stage, uh, the uh, numbers of signatories in the letter will be, will be much bigger than they are now. It's certainly well, a to- we, need, we need action. Yeah, it is. It's a topic that is very, very relevant. But let's hope the politicians are listening to you, or at least reading the letter, which is, uh, which I think would have got you uh, an award in the English class if they had been giving out ah, stars, Mister Gold. <laughs> well constructed letter. Thank you very much. Th- thanks for speaking to us this morning. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thanks for your time. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, Graham Galt is the head teacher of McGabry Primary School and Nursery Unit, and indeed. Um, 547 teachers from across the country have signed it. Good morning. This is the U105. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I phone in. 